It's time for another LA Kings fan feedback show. We get your thoughts on head coach Todd McClellan, the future of goalie Cal Peterson, the greatness of Andre Kobitsar, and more on this edition of Locked on LA Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Kings fans, welcome to Locked on LA Kings, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked on LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Please like and subscribe if you're enjoying this content. My name is Eddie Garcia. I'm your host of Locked on LA Kings. I've worked in sports media for almost 30 years, 20 plus years at the Fox Sports Radio Network. I'm also co-host of the Puck Podcast, a weekly NHL review show that's been putting out content for the past 16 years and a passionate LA Kings fan for 30 years it is time for another kings fan feedback show your chance to comment on anything going on with the la kings or this show it could be something we talked about in a previous show this week or something that happened to the team this season or something that you think uh, you'd like to see going forward uh it's all up to you we've got emails and youtube comments so before we get into that let me just comment something i've gotten a, a few um, messages emails comments over the uh, last few months since taking over the show and some people have said, um, hey, you know what? You don't need to say uh, other. You could say your name, but you don't need to say you've worked in media for almost 30 years and 20 plus years and blah, blah, blah. We, we get it. And so I would real quick like to address that. There are some things I say on this show that I am required to say. I'm not just saying them because I want to. Uh, the ads, obviously, are, are, are part one of those things. And the introduction is something that um, we are told as hosts of uh, shows on the Locked On Network that we need to do for every show. So that is why I say what I say uh, coming into the show. Some people have said it's kind of annoying to me to do it every show, but I'm doing it because I'm instructed to do so, just so you know. And uh, if you listen on the podcast, you can hit the fast forward button real quick or whatever. Uh, so that is that. Um, but let's get into the emails. We got a lot to get to, and uh, hopefully we can get to all of it. Um, but this first email comes from Darcy Blair. He's in Sylvain Lake, Alberta. And, you know, we get a lot of uh, our everydayers that, uh, you know, email us from local local locations. Local locations? Um, but sometimes we get uh, emails from some, I don't know, exotic locations. And I'm not going to, I'm not putting down anybody that lives in this area but I get a little bit more excited when I get an email from somebody in a place that maybe I didn't expect to get it from, like Sylvain Lake, Alberta. Uh, so I had to look it up because I'm a bit of a geography nerd. Uh, it's very close to Red Deer. Um, it's right in between Edmonton and Calgary. So I'm guessing in Sylvan Lake, you would have a lot of a mixture of Oilers and Flames fans. It's just a guess. Um, and so this is a very interesting email. Uh, so let's start it off with Darcy in Alberta. And he says, I am an everyday listener. Let me stop you right there, Darcy. You know what that makes you? An everydayer. Uh, he says, looking at the growth we have had from Tobias Bjornfoot, I believe that he could slot in with Matt Roy and make a very good second pair. I would also trade Sean Dursey to free up a little cap space to help signing, help in the signing of Gabe Lardy. We have two great options for replacing Jersey's minutes and offense, although I think he is a more risk than reward, in my opinion. We have Jordan Spence 
and Brant Clark, and both are way more offensively gifted and better defensively than Dersey. Clark, who will take over for Drew Doughty in a couple of years on all sides of the puck, five on five PK power play, could be paired with Bjornfoot or Spence on his offside. I guess what I'm saying is if we can't sign, sign Vladislav Gavrikov and we trade Dersey, I think we are still in great shape on the blue line. Uh, we still have Sean Walker for one more year, and I believe that he will be even better next year after a tough two seasons. I'm a passionate LA Kings fan who actually played defense under Todd McClellan with the North Battleford North Stars in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League for the 1992-93 season. Todd's first year coaching. Well, that is interesting. Uh, Darcy, I, I my first question after reading your email is... Were you a Kings fan before Todd McClellan became head coach? Because I'm guessing no, uh, being up there in Alberta, but I could be wrong. Maybe uh, somehow the Wayne Gretzky thing got you. I don't know. Uh, interested. But if if you were a Kings fan before they hired Todd McClellan and then they hired the man who coached you in junior hockey, that is uh, quite a coincidence. And I'm guessing you must have been incredibly excited. Uh, for that to happen, to have a personal connection to the LA Kings uh, head coach. So that's very cool. Uh, thank you so much for the email. To answer your questions, um, as I have said before, I think the most likely trade piece for the LA Kings is Sean Dersey. He's young, he has some NHL experience, and he does have some offensive ability. As a right-hand shot, that is something that other teams do covet. And of course, we have, as you mentioned, Jordan Spence and Brant Clark waiting in the wings. So, yes, Sean Dersey is somebody who I think does have some trade value. Um, I think he would be the most likely person to be shipped out if, in fact, we do have a trade sometime this offseason or before the season starts next year. Um, the thing, though, that makes Sean Dersey valuable is his ability to play either side. We we saw a little bit of that with Brant Clark when he was briefly up with the Kings. I don't know if Jordan Spence has that in his game. But as far as like replacing Dersey as the quarterback on the second power play unit, I think Spence and or Brant Clark could do that very, very easily. Um, as far as Tobias Bjornfoot, uh, that's an interesting, uh, an interesting wrinkle to bring him up and pair him with Matt Roy. Um, I, I'd be willing to give it a shot, see how it goes. Um, but uh, yeah, he's a guy, obviously, he's been in the system for a while. Pretty solid defensive defenseman, needs some seasoning, not the most physical guy in the world. But I've I've always said about Tobias Bjornfoot that you never really notice when he plays. And that's not that bad for someone who's a defenseman because when you don't notice him, it means they're usually just doing their job. And when you notice him, with all due respect, you, you do notice Sean Dersey. And sometimes not for the best reasons. So uh, we'll see if Tobias Bjornfoot gets a shot um, next season playing on the uh, defensive uh, pairings with, I believe, Alex Edler on his way out. Uh, our next email comes from John in Long Beach. He says, you mentioned that Cal Peterson was playing in the World Championships for the U.S. and that a few years ago he was the most outstanding player of the tournament. Could it be the Kings are hoping Cal plays well in this tournament and that helps to increase his trade value? What are the other options they have when it comes to Cal? We have another email touching on this as well, so I'll save my comments as far as him maybe being a trade target uh, because of how he plays in this tournament. And we also have some news on the tournament coming up later on. But here are the options uh, when it comes to Cal Peterson. Uh, number one, they could keep him. Hope that he uh, at least is a capable backup to Phoenix Copley, or they could keep him and he suddenly emerges and turns around and becomes the goalie that they, they always hoped he would be, and he's the number one goalie. Uh, they could 
keep him in the AHL, uh, get a little bit of cap relief because his contract would partially be in the AHL and hold on to him in case of an emergency. They could trade him, but frankly, who would want him at this point based on his performance and his salary? They could trade him and retain part of his salary. They could trade him uh, to a team that we will that would be willing to take on his salary, but in in return they would need an asset as well, maybe a, a draft pick. Um, also, by the way, don't forget as I try and keep myself from throwing up in my mouth a little bit. Cal Peterson does have a limited no trade clause. He has a list of ten teams that he cannot be traded to. And then the other option, of course, is they could buy out his contract. That would mean that his cap hit would be reduced, but also spread out over double the length of the contract. So he has two more years left on his $5 million deal. So the cap hit would be less, but then the the Kings would be on the books for four years, not just the remaining two years. So it's a bit complicated, but those are the options the Kings have with Cal Peterson. This from Jim in Lakewood, also touching on Cal. He says, uh, enjoying the follow-up analysis of the player exit comments and various aspects of what they said and what they did not say. My comments are not about moving backwards. They are simply about something I have seen in our two years as being season ticket holders. To be specific, as it relates to players, when they say something about someone, they are not really telling you the truth or what they think. They are telling you what they want you to think, or they are trying to float something out there to either attract a suitor or the opposite. My point is that when I hear talk of Mr. Peterson having a shot at training camp to get back on the big club, that is code for we have to pay this guy for a while so we will act like he is coming up and maybe he can get we can get somebody to take him and half his salary with him. Or something to that effect. Same thing uh, with him going to Europe to play. It is simply to advertise and pray he does good and someone wants him uh, moving forward in 2023-24. And in relation to that, I have noticed another trend as a season ticket holder. It seems to be this annual who will be the main goalie mystery turned into some sort of yearly twisted game show to get ratings, to get interest, to keep both guys or all four guys on their toes or to demoralize any and all of these four guys. I have no earthly idea. Uh, There is one person who asserted himself when it counted last year, on the ice, under fire, and pressure-filled conditions, and for that, he was benched for the last six games for the most part. He should be the starter. Any uh, any talk of anything else is a cloud passing by, or about as weighted as that. You have your goalie guys, sign a backup and leave it at that. Uh, Mr. Corposalo is not your number one. Can we please just agree that Elvis has left the building and the man that finally unseated him after multiple years of him being the main netminder has won quite a lot of games since then. It it should be that man's job. Thanks, Eddie, for the platform. Go Kings go. So Jim is saying that uh, the the Kings should not search for another goalie, that Phoenix Copley is the man in his mind, and that should be the case uh, going forward. So we shall see. I'm not quite as confident in Phoenix Copley as, as Jim is. Um, I, I'd like to see him do it again, uh, this coming season. Um, no disrespect to what he did. And I've said many times, I think he was the Kings MVP this year. I think he saved their season, but he had, there was a reason why he was a backup in the minor leagues or a minor league goalie for many, many, many years. Uh, I just, before I, you know, he gives my full confidence, uh, I, I would need to see him do it again. But that said, and I said it many times during the season, it wasn't like Phoenix Copley was out of this world. He just did his job, and that was good enough for the Kings to have a lot of wins this year. And maybe that'll be the case again this season. 
Uh, our next email comes from Tom Scully. Uh, he is from Parts Unknown, so I get to make it up. And uh, I'm going to say that Tom is in Signal Hill, uh, which is not too far from where I live. He says, I'm a new listener and watcher to the show, and I really enjoy it. Well, that's awesome to hear. Good, Always good to hear from uh, some new, new fans. Uh, he says, thank you for all you do. I was wondering what your opinion is on some of these high draft picks the Kings have chosen over the past four or five years and how long they should wait before giving up and moving on from them, possibly in a trade package that likely includes Cal Peterson. I'm referencing Alex Turcott, Rasmus Kupari, Arthur Kaliev, and even Quentin Byfield. Byfield and Turcott are both top five picks, and in my opinion, the Kings should have received more from them so far. Thank you again, and have a great day. Well, same to you. Um, yeah, I don't know if there's a hard rule on how long a team should hold on to a prospect. I think players that are picked in the first round are usually going to be given a little bit more rope, as you might expect, um, as opposed to a player who's picked in the fifth round. Also, age is a factor as well. Um, I would just say, keep in mind, it took Adrian Kempe four NHL seasons before he finally turned into the player that he has turned into. Gabe Velarde has played two Full NHL season is just starting to show what, what type of player he can be at the NHL level at the age 23. So you've got Rasmus Kupari, also 23. Um, so he's got a little bit more, more seasoning, you would say. Um, he's played less than two NHL seasons. Alex Turcotte's 22. He's played 10 NHL games. Arthur Kaliev's 21. Uh, he just finished his second real NHL season. And Quentin Byfield is 20. He's played 99 career games. Uh, I would say it is way too early to give up on any of these guys and uh you also have to wonder you know if you're looking to trade these guys what are you going to get in return you've invested you know as you mentioned top five picks in turcotte and byfield and uh you're not going to get that in return so i think it is uh it is prudent to be more patient with all these guys as we have seen as i mentioned with adrian kempe and gabe velarde sometimes it takes a little bit more time and plus these none of these guys are getting well quentin byfield did get some top line minutes this season but most of these guys are playing third or fourth line at best they're not getting a ton of minutes so it does take them a little bit longer to develop i'm i'd say pump the brakes at this point on giving up on any of those guys uh at this point i would say alex turcott though is the one i'm most concerned at because he can't stay healthy uh this from steven ventura he says, uh, I really like the episode where you repeated the questions and the and played the coach's uh, audio. Uh, the sound was fine besides the actual questions in the background. Maybe don't play the actual questions part and just edit it to play the answers after you repeat the question. The only suggestion I would make as far as format is maybe to add a bit more time and dig in further into analysis. Maybe you're only allowed about 30 minutes or maybe it's just that isn't your only gig. But I always feel like it's a bit short and maybe that's by design. Thanks and go Kings go. That was Steven Ventura. Uh, yeah, the format of each of the shows that uh, the hosts are um, asked to do on the Locked On Network is uh, at least 20 minutes, no more than 30 minutes. Um, the research they have done has been that uh, that's about as long as people want to listen to a podcast or a YouTube episode. So most of the episodes I try and shoot for are about 25 minutes. Sometimes they go a little bit over, almost usually never less than 20 minutes, but around 25 minutes is what we've been asked to do. Again, based on the research they've done as far as how long people want to listen to shows. So 
That is why the length of the show is what it is. Uh, we've got some more emails to get to, but first I need to let you know that today's episode of Locked on LA Kings, your team every day, is brought to you by eBay Motors. We're a championship team. It's all about making sure every player is the perfect fit, and it's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay's guaranteed fit, you can be sure every part you get will fit right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game. And when you shop at eBay Motors uh, with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit at the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay's guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply we had a few more emails to get to this one comes from ed and temecula he says congratulations eddie i heard your youtube acknowledgement for the number five team of all 32 nhl teams i knew your show was very professional and interesting and i'm happy for you and your supportive wife uh you also mentioned your help in uh, letting your audience hear the questions to uh, to rob blake i like that very much it was a great idea also regarding who do your viewers root for during the playoffs me uh, it's the Oilers. I feel better that they are um, performing better. It speaks to how good our Kings performed against them, therefore earning more respect for our Kings. And yes, uh, why not enjoy two of the most skilled players uh, in the NHL when they aren't hurting our team anymore? So uh, Ed says he's rooting for the Oilers to do well because it makes the Kings look look well. And I thought about that as well uh, as far as who I'm quote-unquote rooting for in the in the playoffs in the uh the evil matchup of Vegas against uh, Edmonton. Um I did want to mention real quick something else. Um I did yeah, he, I did mention a couple episodes ago that uh, of all the NHL locked on shows, we were ranked 5th as far as number of uh of viewers out of 32 teams, which I thought was awesome. I also found out that our show leads Every show on the Locked On Network, as far as the duration of how long people watch or listen, which is amazing. In other words, they they have analytics that can tell you how long people watch or listen to an episode. And apparently you guys listen to our show longer than any other show of any other sport on the entire Locked On Network. So that's amazing. So thank you guys so much for uh for listening for as long as you do because no other show gets that from any of their other uh their fans that's amazing uh and real quick this one from sundeep puni he is in inglewood he says eddie i would like to make a suggestion for the show next season on another locked on podcast i listen to they have a weekly segment on what's going on around the league they talk about the games played division standings and major awards races i think it'd be fun to get people um who only follow the kings more excited about hockey well, Sundeep, uh, as you may hurt here, unless you fast forward through it, I do host a uh, weekly NHL re- review show that's been putting out content for the last 16 years. So I'm well-versed on what's going on around the league. So I'd be more than happy to do that. Although I don't know if that's exactly what the bosses would want. I could check in on, on it, but I wouldn't, I would, usually I will relay league news when it relates somehow to the Kings. But otherwise, I usually try to stay away from that because there is a locked-on NHL show that they probably want you to watch. So I think they would rather I be more focused on the Kings, um, but it is not a bad suggestion. Uh, Let's check in on some of the YouTube comments from the past week. Lots of feedback on head coach Todd McClellan. This from The Frozen Crown, which I like very much. He says, I think he, McClellan, 
made some mistakes with the ice time for the bottom six guys. Velarde never saw overtime all year three on three. He's too talented to keep on the bench. Lazat is not a C3 and should not be getting the ice time he does five on five. Byfield's playing Byfield playing first line minutes is probably the biggest mistake for me. The only thing he did to earn that was get drafted second overall. He can't finish and he can't pass well enough to be a setup man on the top line to me. It's hard to judge T-Mac's job with the team really only having a competitive roster for two years. They've gotten better under him, and I really don't think they would have better results with a different coach. If the goaltending was better and we didn't play Edmonton in the playoffs, I think we could be a better judge of the PK improving, but that will be the biggest thing to judge him on next season. I don't, I, I'm not saying that you're not right, Frozen Crown, um, but I, I, I would love to know if that's right, that Gabe Velarde never played a second of overtime this season. That's uh, that's a little surprising to me. I'm not saying you're wrong. You may very well be right, but I did not ever notice that. Uh, as far as the Byfield thing, um, it was an experiment that did work for a while. And um, I would I would say, though, I do think Byfield has the capacity to be a very, very good passer at the NHL level. Um, I think the jury is very much still out on him being a finisher and being more of a scorer. Um, but I, I think he does have the ability to be a pretty good setup guy at the NHL level, but still... Still plenty of time to to wait on Quentin Byfield. I know people are impatient. I get it. Uh, this comes from M. Buckley. He says, Todd has had four seasons to improve the PK, and it has been pretty much the same all along in the bottom half of the league in, the re, uh, in that regard. Uh, so had the PP for Todd's first three seasons, which begged the question, was it primarily due to the players the Kings had? Fast forward to the Kings bringing in Jim Hiller and the power play all of a sudden turns a corner uh, of miraculous proportions. Coincidence? No, come on. We all know that as as much. Yet here is Todd stating that the PK all of a sudden has become a summer project. It, it's supposed to turn around. Question mark. Uh, my thought process regarding that statement is: Why hasn't it been see, seen as one before now? For so long, Todd has been able to use. Well, this is the players that we've got to work with here, so it is what it is. And Hiller came in and blew that excuse out of the water. I will say, you know, the, all four years that Todd McClellan has obviously been on the job, the talent level of the Kings roster hasn't been what it is now. Um, although I would definitely praise Jim Hiller and the job he did with the power play. I think it also helped that he did have Kevin Fiala and an emerging Gabe Velarde to help him out on that power play as well. I think those two guys make a pretty big difference. As far as the penalty kill rankings over Todd McClellan's four years, it has been in the bottom of the league for three of the four years. Um, in 2022-23, it was ranked 24th. 21, 22, 22nd, 2021, it was actually seventh. And then 2019, 20, his first year, it was 24th. So I would say it's, it's, it's become a priority all of a sudden because some of the other issues have been figured out, specifically the power play. So now that that has been squared away, hopefully, now it's time to turn the attention to the power play. Uh, up next, this comes from Caro Caro. So nice. Uh, he was named twice. He says, I did not like McClellan much when he was in San Jose, but I was ec ecstatic when we got him, and now I'm so-so on his coaching tactics, uh, especially after the King flew a 3-0 lead in the first period of Game 4. McClellan had no answer for the Oilers and did not change much of his tactics or the lineup, and per Oilers fans, that's how he was uh, when he was coaching the Oilers and has not changed much. I've heard that as well, again, that he's more of a developer and a teacher, uh, putting in systems and things like that are his strength, but the in-game adjustments doesn't seem like that is his strong suit. And again, when you get to a certain level of development and roster building, 
uh, I think the thing that gets you over the hump is probably those types of things. So we'll see. He's going into the final year of his contract. I think the Kings are going to take a wait-and-see approach to see how it goes. I could be wrong, but uh, we shall see. They they may need another voice to get them across the finish line. Uh, the Lone Rangers says, first of all, I want to say I have always been a McClellan doubter, so take my opinion with a grain of salt. I think they have overachieved with him, and I think that it is far as they, they've gone as far as they can go with Todd. They need some fire to push them past the hump. Uh, there were games and times this season, like after the three-goal first period, that the team took the rest of the night off. How many times do you see them not playing all 60 minutes or having bonehead decisions? I think they have turned him uh, out and need more fight or drive. I think your call about him not making adjustments mid-game is a great point. Keep up the great work. Not everyone, though, was anti-TMAC. This is from Michael V. He says, Todd is one of the best coaches in the league. It's an incredibly difficult job to take an unreal amount of time and commitment, and it takes an unreal amount of time and commitment. Uh, that, with the ability to communicate well with the vets and younger players, is key, and Todd's great in all categories. That said, I don't think he is the most creative coach and often sticks with lines too long that have previous success. Uh, our second line really needs to be broken up and needs to mix combinations up far more. I also think it's far overdue to give several rain players 20-plus games each next year. He should also not be scared to scratch more vets. As far as who the greatest Kings are, because I said this week, I thought when it's all said and done, Andre Kopitar would be the greatest LA King of all time. Uh, this is from Robert Guzman. He says, Kopi is definitely one of the greatest players to ever wear a King sweater. Simply put, he was an integral part of bringing the cup to LA twice. He is hardworking, humble, and sincere. Much respect to the Triple Crown line, Vashon, Gretzky, and all the rest of the Kings um, who played before my time. But in my opinion, Kopi is the GOAT of my generation with Brownie, Quickie, and Dewey also at the top of the list. Excited for next season. Go Kings go. That was from, I think I said, might have said Robert Ruben Guzman. Ruben Guzman with that comment. This from Dennis Fister. He says, I have been a Kings fan since I was 19. I'm now 74. Wow. Uh, he says, uh, I've always put Marcel Dion and Dave Taylor at the top of my favorite Kings players list, but after watching the entire career of Andre Kopitar and Drew Doughty, they just have to be added to that list. You know, I have a, a good friend who's a Ducks fan, uh, and he does uh, the Puck podcast with me every week. And one of the reasons why he became a Ducks fan, well, partially he's from Orange County, but he thought it would be exciting to follow an NHL team from the first day of its existence until as long as he's on this earth. And uh, it's kind of interesting that apparently that's the case with Dennis. Dennis has followed the LA Kings since their first moments of existence till now. So that is amazing that he has uh, been a Kings fan for that long. I would be, I, I mean, I, I see it with my friend and it doesn't seem like it's been that long, but I guess it actually has. And for him to, you know, if he lives on until he, into his seventies, like Dennis, um, then wow, that's, yeah, that's crazy to think that you have followed a team for its entire existence on this earth. Uh, our next comment from YouTube uh, was from TR Burns 826. He says, I have Kopitar on my Kings Mount Rushmore along with Dion Quick and Luke. He should finish his career here and do so as the franchise's all-time leading scorer. I'm all for him signing, I'm all for them signing Kopitar to a front-loaded extension, but I wouldn't go higher than four million average annual value. A five fifteen for twenty seems fine with ten million or twelve million of it in the first two years. He'll still be a quality C3 and two-way center at the time he hits 40, but we're all going to, but we're going to have to pay the kids uh, all within the next three seasons, and we can't have a five-plus million dollar tied to a 38-plus year old. And finally, this on Adrian Kempe. 
Our last episode was about Adrian Kempe and Mikey J checks in to say, uh, hi, Eddie. I've been a Kings fan since 1986-87. Luke Robitaille's rookie year, if you remember. Uh, my thoughts on Adrian Kempe. The guy can shoot the puck for sure. Quite an exciting player to watch with his speed and his shot. Uh, would like to see his playmaking increase and because and be, become a little more creative. I'd like to see that first line become a lot more dangerous. It'll be interesting to see who the Kings throw on the left side to fill out that line and make it a force to be reckoned with. Like Adrian's character, he's got that fantastic hair. Easy to root for him. Really proud of him hitting the 40-goal mark this year, and he gives the Kings some stability on that top line. So uh, Mikey J liking the juices flow, uh, if you will. Uh, you know what? I might. I thought later in the year um, when they put Victor Arvidsson on the top power play unit, I thought he and and uh, Kempe had some chemistry. I, I wouldn't mind seeing Victor Arvidsson get a shot uh, at, the, uh, at the top line on the left wing. Uh, we uh, need to wrap up this show here in a second, but I also need to let you know that we have our first team into the Stanley Cup Conference Finals as the Carolina Hurricanes continue to overcome their injury issues. They eliminated the New Jersey Devils in five games, and they await the winner of the Maple Leafs-Panthers series. It looks like we could have a Southern Eastern Conference Final with the Panthers against the Hurricanes, but we'll see. Uh, Dallas Stars took a 3-2 lead over the Kraken, and the Oilers in Vegas are tied at 2-2. Huge game five coming up tonight in Vegas. Alex Petrangelo, by the way, did get a one-game suspension for that two-handed chop on Leon Dreisaitl. Stay on top of all the Stanley Cup playoff action with Locked On NHL, available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. That is Locked On NHL for recap and analysis of all the Stanley Cup playoff action. Obviously, a big thank you to all of you that took the time to email or comment. This show is not possible without you, so much appreciated. For you everydayers, those of you that listen and watch Locked on LA Kings every day, coming up next week, we'll continue our breakdown of key players for the LA Kings this past season and project what they might do going forward. I think next week we're going to mix it up. We'll do one of the veterans and one of the young players. So next week we'll look at Drew Doughty and Gabe Velarde. Um, we're going to have a yet-to-be-determined special guest. Any suggestions, by the way, on that, feel free to let me know. Uh, we'll have some kind of special feature. Again, any suggestions you have on that, uh, you can let me know. And, of course, we'll cap it off with yet another Kings Fan Feedback Friday show. I also wanted to update you real quick on the World Championships, which have gotten underway overseas. Uh, Kings prospect Martin Kromiak scored the first goal of the tournament uh, unfortunately, Slova his Slovakian team did end up losing 3-2 to Czechia, but nice to see Martin Kromiak get the first goal of the tournament, so hopefully he's off to a good start. I was excited to see that the U.S. won its opening game 4-1 over Finland, but Cal Peterson did not get the start in net. It was Pittsburgh's Casey DeSmith, so we'll have to wait and see when Cal uh, gets some game action. And when he does, we will report on you. That'll be something else we do on our shows next week as well. Let's keep you updated on how the Kings are doing uh, at the World Championships, Martin Kromiak, Cal Peterson, and Carl Grunstrom. Hey, the email address, if you want to send me an email on anything, LockedOnEddie at gmail.com, E-D-D-I-E, LockedOnEddie at gmail.com. We'd love for you to stay connected with the show by following us on social media, on Twitter and Instagram. It's LockedOnLAKings. I am Eddie Garcia. Thank you for listening watching this episode of Locked on LA Kings, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday, and as always, Go Kings, go.